Plugged In Podcast, presented by the Institute for Energy Research. To find out more about our work, visit our website at instituteforenergyresearch.org. Welcome back to the Plugged In Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Stevens. And I'm Jordan McGillis. Joining us today is Paul Guessing, the president of the Rio Grande Foundation. Since joining the Rio Grande Foundation, Guessing has been a prominent voice for limited government and individual liberties in policy areas, including constitutional liberties, taxes, healthcare, education, and transportation in the state of New Mexico. He's pu- published articles in the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, U.S. News and World Reports, the Albuquerque Journal, Barron's, and several other major publications. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. I think a lot of people don't know a lot about the role of the energy industry in the state of New Mexico. So uh, to start, could you just talk a little bit about um, the oil and gas industry and uh, I guess just the energy industry in general in the state? What role does it play in terms of generating revenue for the state? And just sort of how has the industry trended uh, in New Mexico over maybe the past uh, couple decades there? Yeah, uh, I would say that to an extent not found in other states, New Mexico is the energy state and we're diversified across uh, a number of different energy sources. Uh, you know, people who uh, read their history, know their history, know that New, Me- New Mexico really uh, was a leader from day one in developing nuclear weapons. We also have uh, uranium mines uh, located here in New Mexico in kind of the western part of our state. Uh, in modern times, uh, oil and gas, uh, oil and natural gas, both have been huge parts of New Mexico's economy. And we're one of the most reliant states as well as, well as one of the leading producers of uh, oil in the entire country. And uh, you know, even getting into uh, so-called renewables, uh, we're a very sunny state. The sun shines here over 300 days every single year. Uh, that certainly leads the political classes to think that that's a, a great way to go. And uh, we also have a lot of wind. I think the only thing we don't really have much of in terms of energy in New Mexico is uh, hydroelectric. Not much water uh, in New Mexico, given our desert status. But other than that, New Mexico is uniquely positioned in a lot of different areas when it comes to energy, but especially oil and gas. Those are the big ones that drive this state and its economy. Paul, I actually lived in New Mexico uh, in childhood for about four years. And a distinct memory I think any kid who grew up in New Mexico has is being on the playground when those winds start whipping through and you're all kind of huddled together and it's just uh, dust and, and the sunshine is just blasting you from all directions. Yeah, the weather is generally very nice here in, in this state. You know, low humidity is an attraction for a lot of folks, uh, but the spring winds can be very uh, uncomfortable, especially because there's no grass in place to keep the dirt from flying around. And uh, uh, if you drive through New Mexico in the heat of the summer, you know, June, July, August, in some of the more desolate areas, you can find those dust devils where uh-huh. it looks like a little mini tornado made of dust. And I had the unpleasant uh, situation where I wound up stuck in one of those momentarily. I found dust in places I didn't know I had places. <laughs> yeah, uh, back in December, you wrote an article that was published at National Review uh, where 
you basically were looking at um, uh, the potential of Biden's energy policies and the likelihood that they might be detrimental to uh, New Mexico's economy. Uh, it seems likely that they're, they're going to be detrimental to the development of oil and natural gas on federal lands. Could you explain the sort of impact a fracking ban would have on, this, on New Mexico's economy and kind of run through what the potential uh, Biden administration will look like for uh, energy development in the state? Well, the good news such as is with regard to Biden appears that, to be that he has stepped back from a absolute fracking ban uh, throughout the entire nation. Uh, you know, he would need Congress to uh, really engage and pass legislation, even with the numbers they have, uh, Democratic control. I don't think an absolute fracking ban is in the cards for the Biden administration uh, right now. However, uh, there is a very real threat of a fracking ban or even a drilling moratorium on federal lands. And unlike a lot of states back east, you know, New Mexico is a state where federal lands predominates our energy production. Uh, some people measure exactly what federal lands entailed differently. You know, we have all kinds of different federal lands, Native American reservations. We have military installations, uh, White Sands Missile Range. But according to the Institute for Energy Research, 34.7% of the land in New Mexico is federally owned. And in 2019, New Mexico received uh, payments from the federal government for $1.17 billion. That's the highest of any state and nearly double what Wyoming got that year at 641 million. So when it comes to federal lands and oil and gas uh, on those lands, New Mexico is really in a class of its own. And you know, of course, we're the third largest producing state in the nation right now. We're behind Texas and North Dakota, uh, thanks largely to fines in the Permian Basin and development in that area of the state, which has always been a big producing area, uh, as anyone familiar with oil and gas knows, but we've really had uh, a gusher, if you will, of new supplies coming uh, on online. And uh, thanks to fracking, uh, New Mexico has really achieved that energy leadership status. We do have really briefly a uh, a basin in the northwestern part of the state, the San Juan Basin. It's primarily natural gas with some oil produced. It's not seeing the same kind of uh, activity as the Permian has though, which we of course share with Texas. Uh, so it's way down in the southeast corner of the state of New Mexico and uh, a part of West Texas. And that area is really a come on strong. And I think uh, the the Permian um, obviously highlights some of how these federal policies are going to have different effects in different states. While you, the basin extends across state lines, the New Mexico side is largely federal. The Texas side, on the other hand, is, uh, is largely private and state land, from what I understand. That is absolutely true, yes. Uh, so you, you're going to have much more dire consequences in your state than, than they would right next door, even though we're talking about the same shale play. You're, you're exactly right, yeah. And uh, 
just to give a further uh, data point on that, uh, the Global Energy Institute said that if uh, energy production on federal lands were banned, New Mexico would lose uh, over 24,000 jobs. And uh, New Mexico is, uh, is a poor state. Uh, we're one of the most impoverished in the entire country. Uh, and trying to alleviate that is a lot of what the Rio Grande Foundation does. But chasing energy production away from New Mexico, banning fracking on federal lands, banning uh, resource exploitation on some of these lands would be a dagger right at the heart of New Mexico's economy, as I wrote in the National Review article. And, uh, you know, it's worth noting uh, politically, uh, we're a state that went for Joe Biden. Uh, we're pretty much top to bottom uh, a blue state. And uh, it's one of the more baffling aspects of New Mexico's voting patterns, but it is a reality. And I think it's something that President Joe Biden, including his potential uh, Interior Secretary, Deb Holland, who is uh, going to, assuming she takes that position, she's confirmed, uh, she's a congresswoman from uh, the Albuquerque area. And, uh, and that discussion will be fascinating when she's going through the confirmation process, as well as dealing with these energy leases, because she's taken pretty radical positions on energy issues. Yeah, that was something I was going to ask you, actually, was uh, if you could just speak a little bit more about Congresswoman Juan. Uh, as you said, she's uh, the pick for Interior Secretary. Um, what are just some of the views that she's, she holds on um, on energy policy, development on federal lands, um, these sorts of things? Yeah, that is a uh, fascinating conversation in and of itself, probably worthy of its own podcast. But uh, it, it's worth noting before I talk about Deb Holland, uh, Congresswoman Holland, that uh, Biden originally offered the position to our governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham. And uh, you know, Biden definitely factors in biography uh, or even that predominates the discussion of who gets certain positions. Michelle Lujan Grisham, of course, is a female Hispanic governor of a Western, uh, very energy oriented state. Uh, Lujan Grisham was in Congress when uh, the crude oil export ban was voted on. And she actually uh, took a leadership position in supporting repeal of that, that ban that Biden had, uh, not Biden, sorry, Obama had threatened to veto when he was uh, president. It did get folded into a bigger bill. My point in bringing that up is that uh, Lujan Grisham is much more nuanced and as the governor of New Mexico, much more uh, interested in oil and gas as an industry. She knows where the bread is buttered in this state. Deb Holland, on the other hand, is a Congresswoman. She gets elected and unfortunately, folks in Albuquerque and her congressional district, never, many of them have seen a, a pump jack or an oil well. They just don't know the industry. It's kind of really uh, one of the challenges New Mexico deals with is that the population of the state is not in the oil and gas regions uh, of the state. So Albuquerque right here in the middle, we, we have a lot of people who just don't understand the industry or threatened by the industry and really uh, take a dim view of it. And Holland is definitely among that group. She's advocated for banning uh, crude oil uh, or oil uh, on federal lands, fracking on federal lands, you know, drilling leases, the whole nine yards. She was at Standing Rock during that whole 
uh, debacle over the pipeline. Uh, she has a very uh, strong bias against the oil and gas industry. And uh, it's hard to say where, where Biden really is because uh, you have two people, obviously female elected Democrats from a blue Western state, uh, minorities each in their own right, Holland, of course, Native American, uh, but who have very different views and experiences with the oil and gas industry. Uh, but he picked one, didn't get her, picked another. Uh, and unfortunately, this, this one, Deb Holland, is much more hostile to the industry as a whole. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that situation uh, evolves when, it, when and if she is the Interior Secretary. You highlight an, an interesting distinction in incentives. Of course, being the governor uh, of, of any state means significant attention paid to the state budget, state revenue, um, something that a, a congressperson doesn't really need to concern themselves with. And, and therefore, Luhan Grisham is uh, deeply aware of um, the enormous sums of money that are rolling into the New Mexico General Fund each year. Yeah, exactly. And Certainly, uh, when the industry was on a big upswing, when the Permian Basin was really uh, being developed in recent years, you know, it's always been uh, developed for you know, decades and decades, but when it was really growing fast, uh, she was very enthusiastic about the industry, uh, loved the revenue that it was spinning off for her to spend, you know, uh, in 20 19, uh, oil and gas was 40% of New Mexico's budget. I mean, that's just unheard of for one industry to support 40% of the state budget. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the total aggregate, not just federal lands or whatever. Uh, that number dropped a little bit in 2020, thanks to the pandemic, lower prices. Now, we're, now the industry is only 33.5% of the state budget. Still uh, just an incredibly huge number. And one that, quite frankly, my organization wishes we could diversify New Mexico's economy by continuing to embrace oil and gas, but also enacting more free market policies to make our state more attractive to business. But uh, yeah, as a governor, Lujan Grisham is definitely uh, more understanding of the trade-offs that come with this or other industries. And she wanted to spend that money on free college. She wanted to spend that money on all kinds of new priorities that she had. And while I'm not necessarily a fan as a fiscal conservative of all of that, at least she has an understanding of just how important the industry is to New Mexico and uh, in a way that Deb Holland, I don't think does. Paul, do you have a ballpark estimate on what percentage of that revenue is coming from the federal land stream uh, versus other, um, other plots? I think it's more than half, um, okay. based on my uh, you know, yeah, research and writing and reading. Uh, you know, it's uh, two and a half or so billion dollars that the state gets in, and uh, it's just over half of the uh, total production coming off of federal lands. And uh, yeah, I mean, New Mexico is a state, unlike Texas. Uh, Texas was blessed, not just with the oil and gas, but the fact that they could manage it themselves. And uh, 
not have to deal with the federal government. So uh, mm -hmm. New Mexico, as with so many Western states, uh, you know, once you get out of those plains, uh, you hit the mountains and you also hit a lot more federal land. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's just a reality that New Mexico has to deal with. But uh, you know, Trump was very uh, relatively friendly to the industry in terms of uh, getting leases uh, out the door and uh, really helping to make sure that uh, the industry worked and functioned. And that was a boon for New Mexico. We had a very good couple of years, uh, especially uh, first few years when Trump was in the White House. Uh, Obama you know, wasn't nearly, at least in a campaign, as hostile to the industry as Biden has run. Uh, and I think that's just a function of the party uh, moving to the left. But it's going to be very interesting because uh, uh, I think Biden would be uh, well served to not, not necessarily follow Obama's policies, but be a little more nuanced in his approach. And Obama was nothing but nuanced in terms of his approach to energy. He did some very good things like the crude oil export ban repeal, and he, uh, he did some things that weren't so hot. But uh, Biden's pretty much taken a hardline position against the industry, and uh, that, that worries me. And not to put too fine a point on this, because there's certainly uh, nuance and complicating factors. It wouldn't be this cut and dried. But if you were to eliminate production on federal lands based on those numbers that you described, uh, that would be equivalent to a sixth of the budget of the state evaporating. And of course, there's a lot of um, kind of entrenched production that would go on. Uh, but it's a, that would be a really significant harm to the state uh, if we were to cut off that, um, that revenue flow. Uh, I actually read today that um, more, more leases were applied for, or actually drilling permits, I should say, slightly different. More drilling permits have been applied for in the state of New Mexico than I believe any other state this year as uh, companies are aiming to get in under, under the, the stopwatch here before the Biden inauguration and the um, permitting time may change. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I think these folks in the industry know what they're doing. They know the political risk that they're facing, uh, not only with Biden himself, but folks like Deb Holland, and they are uh, definitely working to ensure the viability of their industry moving forward. And uh, with New Mexico having moved so quickly to the forefront of American energy production, Amer uh, oil and gas production, uh, it, it only makes sense that uh, they're really locking those leases in right here in our state. And I, I just did a quick uh, search to, to get a more solid number for us. And um, what I read here on from AP is that uh, more than 60% of the, the permit applications filed in last year were in the state of New Mexico. That's shocking even to me. It certainly just highlights how, how crucial uh, these federal policies will be for the state. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Federal government looms large in New Mexico in all facets of our economy. Federal land management, of course, uh, with the oil and gas industry. You know, we've, you know, as I mentioned at the outset, we got our start uh, in many ways in energy with the nuclear programs. We have the two national nuclear labs, Los Alamos and, uh, and Sandia. We have uh, the, the blue skies uh, make us accommodating for flying in the Air Force, and we have Air Force bases out here. 
the federal government plays a big role. I, I liken New Mexico's economy to a two-legged stool, uh, and they don't make many of those because they don't work very well, but we really are uh, a function of the federal government and oil and gas. And obviously the nexus of that is the federal land management vis-a-vis uh, -vis the oil and gas industry. From my understanding, the governor there has suggested that if there were something like a, uh, a moratorium on fracking or a drilling ban or something, that she would request a, um, an exemption for the state. Yeah, well, uh, first and foremost, I'm not entirely clear how an exemption would work. I mean, would they literally write New Mexico? <laughs> here's the 49 other states. Here's New Mexico. I'm not sure uh, that, would, that would fly. So exactly what some kind of exemption would look like is, I think, up in the air. And you know, I'm sure that maybe existing production uh, basins and regions could be uh, treated somewhat differently. Uh, and that may be what she had in mind. Of course, uh, the fact that she was in line to be Secretary of the Interior would have given her pretty broad authority to make those kinds of nuanced decisions. Now she'll be on the outside as our governor, potentially making those requests of a, another New Mexico Democrat uh, at Interior, of course, Deb Holland. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a very interesting conversation that takes place uh, behind the scenes, presumably. But what, what would an exemption look like for New Mexico? I think that's an open question. Would the Biden administration be uh, so kind to us as to allow that to happen? I, I don't know. Uh, I really think that it, this whole energy policy situation under Biden, you know, there's a reason it, it was such an issue during the campaign. And uh, you know, the environmentalists definitely want to see the actions they, they desire implemented by not just a Democrat president, but now we have a Democrat Congress. And uh, they're, they're not necessarily going to think kindly of uh, Biden if, uh, if he doesn't deliver something for them. Is it in the form of a, a moratorium on fracking or leasing? I don't know. Uh, but it's definitely one of the areas that he has potential to to impact as president without as much congressional uh, action necessary. You know, there, there's no bill that needs to be passed. I think we'll see a slow rolling effect for sure with Deb Holland. She's not going to be as expeditious as the Trump administration was in, in approving leases. That's, that's for darn sure. And uh, how does that process all work itself out? Uh, it's, that, that's beyond me. Well, Paul, why don't you uh, fill us in on the uh, extension of friendly terms to uh, the, the movie industry that you discussed in your article? Yeah. Uh, you know, these Hollywood types, uh, they definitely hold themselves out to be paragons of virtue. And of course, virtue in Hollywood often means that you are the greenest of the green, the most left of the left. And uh, you know, one of the things that our governor currently, Lujan Grisham, but past governors have done is to 
set New Mexico up as a magnet for filmmaking for Hollywood. And I have nothing against Hollywood coming to New Mexico and making movies. Uh, there's been a lot of movies made in recent years uh, here in New Mexico. And it's, you know, it's kind of neat to see that place that you went last week uh, up on a big screen in the latest blockbuster. But the problem is, of course, uh, with Hollywood, they always want government subsidies, at least in recent years, government subsidies are an integral part of Hollywood's business model. And of course, uh, in New Mexico, if you're subsidizing something, you're using oil and gas money to prop up whatever industry that may be. And uh, Netflix recently signed a, a contract not to come here, they're already here, but to expand their operations here. And uh, the deal is nothing short of incredible. Uh, it's first important to note that, you know, any industry, whoever they may be, uh, say right now restaurants, and our restaurants are very shut down in New Mexico thanks to the COVID-19 situation, but say you wanted to really make life good for restaurants. In New Mexico, they tax the sales of food in restaurants. You could exempt the uh, food purchased in restaurants from taxation, uh, and that would be a great benefit to that industry. But that's not what we do for Hollywood. What we do for Hollywood is as a baseline, if you come and film in New Mexico, we cut the Hollywood producers a check for 25 cents for every dollar they spend. So you spend a dollar, you get 25 cents back. You spend uh, more than that, of course, you just get that ratio back in your pocket. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I feel like a Hollywood game show host because it just keeps ratcheting up. Uh, you get 30% if you're what's called a qualified uh, film company and Netflix signed a 10-year lease. So they said, we're glad to take New Mexico money, uh, including oil and gas money for the next 10 years. So we'll take 30%. Uh, so 30% of everything we spend coming back to us. Now, some companies, if they locate outside of the Albuquerque or Santa Fe metros, uh, so some rural area of New Mexico uh, gets uh, a film made, they can get 35% paid back by the taxpayers of the state of New Mexico. That's the maximum at this point. I don't wanna give them any more ideas in terms of how they might fleece the taxpayers in New Mexico, but of course uh, those taxpayers are, uh, you know, include the oil and gas industry that produces somewhere between 40 or 30% uh, of the budget, depending on any given year. Uh, so all of these Hollywood types that you know, talk about how green they are and, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow using the, the one piece of toilet paper several years ago, uh, she mentioned, I think in an Oscar speech, uh, they are directly benefiting when they film here in New Mexico from oil and gas subsidies, uh, or oil and gas industry subsidies provided through that industry. Uh, and that's there's others, uh, they get money uh, through the closing fund of New Mexico that essentially, you know, it's a one, more of a one-time deal where the, the state uh, cuts a check to the business to get them to come here. So that's $24 million to Netflix. Uh, we're, uh, 
suspending their property tax payments on their studio for the next 20 years, uh, basically. That's, it's just insane how much desire, how much subsidy is being thrown at one particular industry. And, you know, I, I like to say that if, if we extended film subsidy level benefits to every industry in New Mexico, the state would go bankrupt overnight because we couldn't afford all those payments. So uh, it's just Hollywood is the, the golden child here in New Mexico. And, uh, and yeah, that money is directly coming from the oil and gas industry. And I don't think they know or care, but it does undercut their, their preening and self uh, image perhaps uh, in, in uh, Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we go, I guess uh, you know, outside of energy and oil and gas policies, if you um, if you just want to talk a little bit about the Rio Grande Foundation for people who aren't familiar with it uh, in the state of New Mexico. Sure. So the Rio Grande Foundation is part of the uh, state policy network group of free market oriented think tanks. We work at the state level as well as the local level here in New Mexico. Uh, our fight is to try to bring economic prosperity to this state. Uh, I always say we have one of the greatest challenges of any state because uh, we're, we're, we are a poor state. And while we made it in the Sun Belt, the, the, among the Arizonas and the Utahs and Colorado, Texas is the world where people are flocking to those states, they haven't flocked to New Mexico, uh, partially, mainly due to the economic policies that have been implemented over the last several decades. So we're, we've been a blue state, more or less, for a very long time, uh, going back to the 1930s. Uh, we've largely been a uh, Democrat-controlled state. And uh, that's certainly been an impact, broadly speaking, for economic policy. But as the Democratic Party turns against energy production and oil and gas, something that, you know, 15 years ago, even here in New Mexico, by and large, the run of the mill elected Democrat very much embraced the industry and just loved to spend all the money that they brought in. Now these progressives that have really taken over uh, the uh, levers of power in New Mexico and really the Democratic Party are much more hostile to the industry, regardless of whether uh, they produce vast amounts of money that could theoretically alleviate poverty in our state if it was used correctly. And you know, we're, we're certainly supportive of the oil and gas industry, but we also work broadly speaking to try to uh, get this state focused on developing itself economically. We have so many great things. It's a beautiful state. Jordan, if you, uh, lived here as a kid, you may not remember it well, but you know, the beautiful mountains and vistas, and you know, of course it's good enough for Hollywood to come here and film uh, a lot of movies because we have unique landscapes. Sometimes it's a little more apocalyptic, uh, uh, Terminator Salvation, it uh, was filmed here, and uh, so was the Book of Eli uh, several years ago. And uh, we do have you know, a lot of those dry lands and sometimes it looks pretty inhospitable, but it's a great. Oh, I think state. I think the land of enchantment is the perfect uh, nickname for the state. Yeah, it's a great state with a lot going for it. And uh, right now, uh, we're just hoping that the uh, powers that be uh, will 
allow the oil and gas industry to do what it's done, which is to help New Mexico prosper and really that they'll uh, be wise stewards of those resources, both from the environmental perspective, as well as the, uh, you know, the budgetary and economic perspective. And uh, we're riograndefoundation.org. That's uh, our website. Folks can find out about us there. Great. Our guest today has been Paul Guessing from the Rio Grande Foundation. Paul, thank you for your time today. Thanks, guys. Happy to do it.